Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host live from St. Louis, Missouri, Joey Nochilprano. Hello, Andy. Good morning, my friend. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. You're back in Wonka's office, I see. <laughs> I like it. I like it in the TV room. Yeah, it's good. It's definitely, it's definitely the coolest of the backgrounds, like I said. I'm, I, I remain here in St. Louis, pushed the pushed our flight back two days. So I've got the uh, not on ceiling fan behind me uh, of the guest re- bedroom. And you have Wonka's office at, at Walt's house. You have, I, I, I love like the picture that's over what I guess would be your right shoulder. That's yeah, definitely this. one. That, yeah, that's definitely one of those uh, fabric pictures, right? The one of the flowers that like, can you feel it? Oh, that one? Yeah. Or is it a painting? It's it's not a fabric. Painting? Yeah, it's a painting. Oh, look at that. Duped, yeah. duped by the picture. It looks like one of those things that somebody like sews together. Yeah, I, I can't remember how long it's been this way as far as the uh the wall. But I was thinking, you know, there's there's a bedroom in the basement, just you know. Just redo that into the the Midwest studio, right? Into the dirty dirty sports Midwest studio. Yeah, and just stay. Have a have a satellite, like like, like a satellite studio. Now you had messaged me yesterday. You just said, "Don't go back." It was like a weird scene out of like Lost. You're like, you can't go back, Joe. You can't go back. Well, you extended your stay. You did about what, 10 days in St. Louis? Yeah, nine. So I'm just saying, it seems like that Midwest quality of life is growing on you. Uh, I got to say, you know, uh, what I, one thing I enjoy about St. Louis, lots of Italian delis. They they're, do. They're, this is a very Italian town. Well, it's interesting. It, it's a very German town like Cincinnati, but there are a lot of Italian delis. Uh, yeah. Like, have you been to the, the area is called the Hill? Yeah. The Italian right. area. Couple couple days in a row up on the Hill, including yesterday, I got a hot salami and hot roast beef sandwich on cheesy garlic bread. I'm like, yeah, I could hang out here for a little bit. Yeah. I, I Like I said, I've always been a big fan, a big advocate of St. Louis. Um, it's, it's a good town. And... Uh, you know, good baseball fans, right? Arguably the best fans in baseball. Yeah. Well, I got to say, you watched the 30 for 30. Did you end up ever watching the Maguire Sosa thing? I still haven't. It's pretty good. Actually, I think the, the, um, the best part of the whole documentary was uh, Maguire explaining how he ended up returning to St. Louis because they traded for him midseason you know, at the trading deadline as a, as a rental and everybody basically thought, and he kind of thought for sure as well, 
he was going to become a free agent and probably go to uh, the Angels because he's from SoCal. Yeah. Uh, so when he gets traded to the Cardinals, he goes like two for his first 40. He's like not doing well at all. And after a road trip, uh, he comes back to St. Louis uh, and he isn't hitting at all. And his first at bat, he gets a standing ovation. And he was just like, that was what told me uh, that St. Louis fans were different. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, them, I mean, look, the, the best fans in baseball thing, like you, you said, it's, I guess we'll see during this 60-game season. Well, let's just jump into it. We do have baseball. It's back, baby. 60 games. We're going to have 40 games in division and then 20 games from that same division in the other league. Right. So if you're, you're Mets, you get 40 games against your NFC NFC and man, those are my heads at against your NL East and then 20 games against the AL East. Right. Which I understand logistical reasons. They're going to do that. Um, but the, you know, it, we'll see what we got in here for anybody who doesn't know this is kind of the breakdown of it spring training is going to start july 1st regular season july 23rd or 24th uh, i just broke down the games they're going to try to implement a lot of rules for the covid stuff as far as social distancing and you know how they use the balls all those sort of things um but one of the crazy rules is that they're going to use the runner starts on second base for the extra innings yeah uh, it's not going to be for the playoffs, which is nice. I think that would have been ridiculous. And I know this is something that they're test driving in general, but um, I'm hoping that this ends up. And, and by the way, I, I think it's a good rule for this year because with the shortened season, pitchers arms, players potentially being out sick, you know, just like limited guys, I'm totally fine with trying to shorten the game. Should it go extra innings? But I really hope that this isn't to stay. Well, I think something's going to happen. I think baseball, if they're smart, are going to realize the season's too long. I think 60 games is too short. But I think we, we got we to change something. And I think that's part of the reason. And I know people want to hold on to that 162 and – Baseball records and statistics are so important, more important in that sport than any other sport. But I think that's part of the problem for the interest in baseball. The season goes on too long. And I think postseason should start about a month early. And I think it helped them if they're not competing against the NFL and college football. And I'm thinking maybe this 60 games, depending on how people watch it and, and you know, the ratings and, all those things, I think this might be a glimpse of making the season shorter. I wouldn't be surprised if they did that. I mean, if you look at the way the owners have handled this, the owners wanted to have a two-game season and then go to the playoffs. They're like yeah. top, top 25 teams in each you know, division make it, each, in each league make it. Uh, basically, we're going to play two games. If you sweep your two games, you're in. If you will go one and one, you're a wild card. If you go 0 and 2, uh, you're out. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, but I, I don't necessarily think that 
I mean, I'm sure a lot of games limits the amount of interest to some degree, but I don't think anybody's not watching baseball because they're like, man, if it was only 125 games, I'd be really into it. Uh, I think, again, like I always say, like my, my biggest thing with baseball is they're, they're overcharging for their product. They're black. I mean, they're even blacking out games on the, uh, on TV this year when there's no fans. That's ridiculous. So I, I, when the Mets play the Dodgers, if they even will, I'm not sure they even will, but like. Well, they won't, not in a regular season. Yeah. So the, those games are going to be black, like a game like that where, or whoever playing, I won't be able to watch it on MLB, you know, whatever the, the stupid game cast thing is because of blackouts. Like I can't even go to the game. How are you going to black me out? So baseball is mismanaged on a million levels. Uh, do I think that uh, 125 games or 140 games or whatever it is could potentially help them? Yeah, because it seems like they don't know how to make money serving their product. Like, you, well, I- if, 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 if you would think anything, like look at the NFL. The NFL is going, let's play 18 games. Let's play 20 games. How many games can you make? Can you force people to play before they will die of CTE on the field? Well, and, I think the NFL. That's, gonna, that's the difference between a sport that's well run and one that's not. Well, also, you know, I don't know if that's the fairest comparison. And, I, and I've heard that and seen that because obviously it's two completely different sports. One only plays 16, 17 games now, and one plays a lot. But the games do matter. I, I think as a fan, I think, I think complacency happens when there's so many games. Does that make sense? It, it, it's almost reverse psychology, if this makes any sense. As a fan, I think you say, oh, I have so many opportunities to go to the ballpark, which those so many opportunities almost solicit somebody to not go. I know it sounds crazy, but if, right. you, but if you know you have eight home games for your NFL team, you have limited amount of opportunities. It's, it, it's kind of the same mindset of a free show, right? Especially in comedy, we talk about this. You, you're, you're more prone to get an audience to show up if they paid a, a value on a ticket because that means something to them, right, than just a free ticket. I, I still say that the problem with baseball is the, them trying to strategize how many games – is the perfect number of games to play to get everybody with even loose interest in our franchise to show up for one game a season. When baseball's strategy should be, if we play 162 games, how do we get people out to the ballpark once a month? How do we get people out to the ballpark five times a year? Yeah. And the answer is, again, not making me have to, you know, remortgage my house to go to a ballpark because I have three kids and hot dogs are $15 each and parking is literally one of my children. And that, which is good because now I save on hot dogs in the inside that I had to give you one of them to park. But now I need 10 beers because I need to get over the fact that I just gave my child away to park. So that's, you know, weighing on me. So now I just drank $200 worth of beers. Oh, you like a michelada? That's going to be a $14 upcharge. <laughs> oh, 
oh, do you want to sit in a seat that actually has a view of the game? Well, now you were, now we're talking about bonus prices. And look, obviously, I wholeheartedly agree with you there. They need to curb the prices on everything. The, the minute you hit the ballpark to the minute you exit, the prices are out of control, and they need to make it family-friendly. And, and you and I know this. I mean, how many games have we attended? We attended last year at the Astros game, dollar hot – It was I think it was dollar Nolan Ryan hot dog night. Place was packed. Yeah. And, yeah. The, and the lines were packed for the hot dogs, which everybody wins. It, it, it's, it, it's, such an, it's such an easy concept that it's almost too easy that they mess it up. Right, right. Now, I, I don't disagree with you that, they're going to pro- that they'll probably take this opportunity to shorten it. But I think that that I – I don't necessarily think that's a mistake. I just think that they're, that they're too dumb to take advantage of the schedule that they do have. There was obviously a time that 162 games was profitable. Sure. So, I mean, they didn't just select 162. They didn't just decide to go up from 152 or whatever it was for 144 to, you know, they kept climbing. It kept climbing. Well, look, it's it's still profitable. Baseball is still, you know, baseball is still making the trajectory of how the earnings and the revenue, they're still making more money every year than they ever have. Right, but that's, now, but that's TV deals, true. that's the postseason, that's all the stuff that come with that's signing up for the, you know, the package. That's everything that goes along with it. What we learned from this negotiation down to 60 games was they're not making that much on people coming to the ballpark, and that's why they don't give a shit. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Well, we, we do have the World Series odds. I'm just going to briefly go Which through Which is amazing. Few. Again, how, how do you charge 12 bucks for a hot dog and still not make money on that person? Yeah. You're, you're, you're selling them 11 cents worth of pig snouts and you, well, for $12. Well, the margins are pretty big, guys. They're, they're still making money. I, I just – I don't trust I, – I don't – you know, me, there's a big lack of trust of, of what they're actually making and what they're claiming they're making. Right. But we do have the World Series odds, and I'll go through them briefly, um, the, the top few. So uh, Before we get to the World Series odds, what are, did you find out what the odds are of you, me, and Andy Lazarus ending up on Major League Baseball rosters because so many people come down with coronavirus? No, but I think those. I think we have a fair shot. I think we do. I, I think Laz is a great shot, honestly. Yeah. I think I think my knee injury is probably putting me at even money with you right now, which is sad um, with your baby hands. But uh, I think we're. I think we're. We're on the list. That's for sure. Yeah, I, and and now I'm using the the term allegedly when it comes to sports, right? Like baseball will start July 23rd, allegedly. Yeah. Because I, I think, as we know, and, and we'll discuss this more with the NFL, everything is up in the air yeah. you know, with, with the rise of the number of cases. So the World Series odds, the leader is the Dodgers, which was also the Dodgers um, a few months ago. So we have the Dodgers are the World Series favorites at plus 380. The Yankees come in second at plus 400. The Astros plus 800. The Braves, 1,400. The Twins plus sixteen hundred, the Rays plus seventeen hundred, along with the Nationals. Wow. Uh, then your Mets are at plus twenty two hundred, Oakland twenty five hundred, along with the Phillies and Cardinals. Then you get the Indians at plus twenty six hundred, the Cubs at plus twenty eight hundred, with the Reds. 
So those are your World Series favorites. Not much faith in the, in the Nationals. Now, the Nationals started out pretty slowly. I believe I saw a stat that the Nationals were like four or five games under 500 last year after 60 games. Yeah, yeah. There's, uh, I mean, the, the NL East is definitely a difficult di- division. Everybody sure. uh, last year, hilariously, was like, the Phillies are going to win the World Series. They got Bryce Harper. And uh, I remember laughing about that until I uh, passed out. But, uh, yeah, the Braves have been really good the last couple of years. The Mets, uh, honestly, I, I don't know, and I know I'm a homer, but I don't know how the Mets aren't the favorites just based on the fact alone that they don't even have to play a game in June. The Mets, uh, in the last two seasons, I think, lost 60 games combined in the month of June. Uh, without the month of June, the Mets are going to be hard, hard to beat. So uh, between the Mets, the Braves, the Phillies, obviously the Marlins are a non-factor. Uh, the Nationals repeating, uh, even as division, they didn't even win the division last year. But, you know, getting in uh, is going to be tough. So I'm not really that surprised. Yeah. Um, but we shall see. They also lost some big players in Rendon. And, uh, so we'll see. But I sadly am excited for baseball to come back, but also, like, I don't know. This is like a girlfriend I broke up with that now we're getting back together. Like I'm a little, I'm a little timid about this. I don't want to be hurt again. Yeah. Um, We'll see how I feel when baseball actually starts to start. Well, I'm hoping to possibly go to a game, you know, it's, it's depending on the city or the County or the state. Now, some have said they allow fans. Illinois has said this week, you can do 20% capacity. I'm sorry. They said that last week, maybe, uh, for sports events. But again, that's changing by the day as well. I love that Illinois says they can do 20% capacity and the White Sox are like, uh, how are we going to, how are we going to get 20% of people in here? Yeah, I know where the Cubs fans are going to be fighting tooth and nail yeah. for to fill that 20%. But yeah, I'll see, like I'm going to be here when the season starts. I don't know if they're going to allow fans down at great American ballpark, but I, I, I like that mindset, Joe. That'd be interesting great- before you even leave town, Andy, to, I know. Get to gab? Do they call it the gab? No, but I was actually, you know, I've been down there a bunch. Uh, I, was, I was across the street last week for dinner, and I was walking through. Dude, it was depressing. I was walking through uh, a couple weeks ago. I walked up to the ballpark. I, you know, you're looking at the, you know, the Reds are really good with statues. Speaking of statues being taken down, like, the Reds have so many. I mean, so many. Johnny Bench, Pete Rose, Frank Robinson, Joe Morgan. I mean, it's like. Because they, they had so many good players in some of those eras, and they have so many. Um, but, yeah, I would love to catch a game. But I'm just like you. That's a great analogy. Of It's like being a little scared to get back with the girl. But I want to bring up something real quick. I don't know if you know this. Tomorrow is the fifth-year anniversary of you throwing out that ceremonial first pitch to me at City Field before the Mets-Reds game. Is it tomorrow or is it today? I'm pretty sure it was June 26th, right? I think I think 25th was the pitch, 26th was the special. Really? I I I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure because it was a Friday, right? It was. Did we do it? Was it the other way around? No. It was a Thursday, and then a Friday was the special. I know for sure it was a Friday game. I am. I'm looking right now. Yeah, it was June 26th. 
Wow. That was a Friday, 2015. Joe, that was five years ago. Time flies when you you're tossed out that pitch. Absolutely nothing with your life. Yeah. Five years ago. It was our first chance to meet the dirt balls live. Yeah. Our first ever dirt ball meetup. How much has changed? How much has my outfit, my look changed, Joe? Uh, I know. I know. Did you wear cargo shorts to, onto the field that day? No, I think I wore jeans. <laughs> but, but I wore those glasses, those sunglasses, which you and the dirt balls used to always roast. Me. Oh, yeah. Those glasses. Jesus. Those things. I mean. Remember those? Your, uh, your uh, CSI Miamis? David Caruso's. <laughs> yeah, a lot has changed. It's crazy to think that was five years ago, but I will definitely, for, for our newer dirt balls, I will definitely post uh, on Twitter and Instagram tomorrow some pictures to relive the memories. And uh, you know what? That puts me in a good mood, Joe. And I know every time you're in a good mood, I know what you like to drink a nice, cold, refreshing Miller Lite. There it is. Look, I realize that it's uh, 9.55 a.m. local time here, but a couple things. One, I'm on vacation. Two, we're still technically in a pandemic. And three, and most importantly, time isn't real. Yeah. You know, the 24-hour clock means nothing. The whole, the whole it's 5 o'clock somewhere, I don't even buy into 5 o'clock somewhere because who is going to shame me into saying that 5 o'clock is randomly selected as an appropriate time to enjoy the world's finest Pilsner. No, I've been drinking since I got up this morning. And I'll probably, you know, stop early in the day and just take a break around noon. But Well, let, well like you said, you're on vacation. Yeah. You're, 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 you're with and, your girlfriend. And, and time isn't real. You're with your girlfriend's family. You're leisurely having a couple of our favorite beers, Miller Lite, the original light beer. While you're home, enjoy a classic. Available for delivery today. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. So is there like a, uh, a baseball schedule out, Andy? There, no, there's no, no schedule out yet. Because you said Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And, you know, part of my plan for this baseball year was to check Milwaukee's Miller Park off my list before it stops being Miller Park. Also to visit our good friends at Miller Light there in Milwaukee. And I'm wondering if that's still something I'll be able to do. Yeah, I know. Because I want to go, I almost want to go to Milwaukee to, to check out the, uh, the Miller Light brewery. Then I, then I do want to go see the, the brewers themselves. Sure. I want to go see the real brewers, not the baseball brewers. Yeah, I so, feel you. There's, a, there's another uh, brewery here in St. Louis. I don't want to name names, but I have refused to go because I am uh, I'm very loyal to my favorite beer of all time, Miller Lite. As you should be. And we, and we really appreciate that, Joe. Always a loyal man. A loyal businessman, I should say. I will eat your toasted raviolis, St. Louis. I will eat your hot meat sandwiches, but I will not go to your breweries. Well, Prano, you and I spoke too soon the other day. We jinxed it. What we, did we jinx? We said the NFL, everything's moving. They haven't canceled a thing. Yeah. And we were wrong as of this morning. They have canceled the Hall of Fame game, correct? And also the enshrinement. Oh, rip. Who was supposed to go in this year? Uh, I don't know. 
It's a good question. Um, but those were scheduled for the 6th of August. That was going to be a Cowboys-Steelers game, two of the most storied franchises, and the August 8th enshrinement. So here we are, man. The NFL couldn't escape canceling things. Yeah, I, look, I'm still – I still feel like the NFL is our lighthouse, is our sports lighthouse. Uh, the, you know, the, the Hall of Fame game always took place too early, um, in my opinion, for, for those guys' safety. And just, you know, it's like early August that they start playing football. I've never really liked the Hall of Fame game when it occurs. Um, I understand that it's tough to get guys in football there when they have to be basically in training camp a week later. But uh, I, I think, and also we talked about baseball, maybe realizing that a shorter season is better. Maybe football needs to realize, maybe the NFL needs to realize we don't need preseason at all. Well, I, I definitely think after this year, they're going to drop it the very minimum, the four postseason games – I'm sorry, preseason games to two. Let's if hope they, so. If they were smart. Preseason is stupid. Yeah. It's just an injury factory. And, again, every other level of football, every other level, basically doesn't have a preseason game. You tend to play a scrimmage. You know, in high school, college, you play your spring games. You play whatever. But, like, you play your tune-up games. But the NFL, unlike college football, you're not playing a, a game week one that is going to determine your whole season. Yeah. You would think if anybody was going to have a preseason, it would be college football. Well, we, you know, there are some things, developments, because obviously the big question is what's going to happen with fans. And there's, there's some developments that I want to go over, some new stuff that I think is relevant to the show. Tug actually sent me this yesterday. It was an article written from the uh, – the Sports Business Daily. This is an interesting. How's Tug, doing? How's Tug doing, by the way? Have you guys been talking? I, we, good. We talked the other day. He has been, uh, been using my apartment as his getaway. Because you don't have Wi-Fi at your apartment, I always picture Tug going in and putting on a writer's cap and putting, having a cigar in, or a cigarette in a <laughs> cigarette case and typing on a typewriter. Like I just, I, I feel like he's some sort of like, Hunter Thompson, Ernest Hemingway, you know, Escott Fitzgerald mashup where he's just there pounding away on a typewriter. Well, we should explain to the dirt ball. So basically I paused my internet and cable. So that's the joke. So I don't want to pay, you know, the 220 bucks a month that I was paying for that. So, so Tug goes to my apartment to write. He's working on a screenplay and some other projects, right? And that's why it's so hilarious. Yeah. No, no Wi-Fi. But he keeps saying he loves it. Like, he keeps saying this is so nice because it, it really forces him to focus. Because when you don't I have just, it, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I just see him, like, typewritering by candlelight. I'm convinced he just has a second life there. Yeah, yeah. You know. He's out by the pool. Every, like, I, could, I see Tug, like, after he finishes a strong page, like, hitting your blender and then walking her out with the blender thing with this like frozen margaritas out to the pool <laughs> in his, in his robe, this slippers on. <laughs> He's like, everybody it's that finished act one break. Who wants a margarita? Yeah. 
that's what's crazy. I've been gone so long at this point now. I, I have no clue. I've thought about this. It will have almost been three months when I come back. I have no clue what I'm walking into when I open that door the first day. Like, does Tug have a family there? Yeah. <laughs> does Tug have, like, side girls there? Does Tug have, like, a screenplay on the wall? Like, it's it, Charlie and It's Always Sunny. There's strings attaching little <laughs> pieces of paper. Like, am I going to walk in? Are girls going to be shirtless weighing cocaine like you see in the movies? You're like, what happened here? He's I, like, we're I, living off the grid here, Andy. Well, I almost got scared. My apartment complex texted me, and there was a package. And I said, I'm still out of town. And she said, well, we can go into your apartment and drop it off. And there was part of me that was like, do I want them walking in there? Yeah. Like, like, what does Tug have going on in my apartment? Tug's just like, howdy. <laughs> then I get a call. They're like, well, um, you said you were gone. There's a guy with like. Great hair and, and, you know, classically handsome features sleeping on your couch in a, in a bathrobe and empty frozen margarita pitcher next to him. Yeah, you, you might want to look into this. Well, he sent me this story to get back to the initial point of something that's being tossed around with the NFL as far as how they're going to handle it. And one of the ideas for this season is that the first six to eight rows of every NFL stadium, which could include suites if the suites are in those areas, will be off limits to fans. But you know the NFL always capitalizing. What they're talking about doing is covering those seats with tarps, which would include sponsor logos. Like the U.S. Army. The Los Angeles Police Department. So basically, the first lives matter. Yeah, the first six to eight rows would be all your classic sponsors, which I would argue, Joe, after seeing this, if the if the NFL goes ahead with us and, and, and they do this, there's a good chance they could make more money, right? Putting the Cialis or the Ford truck or whatever it is sponsor that they might. Never go back to having fans sit in the first six to eight rows. Wild. Right? Yeah. Because to be honest, I don't think those seats – personally, at, an NFL, at a football game, I don't like being that close. Mm, I love it, actually. I, 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 I like being a little farther up so I can get an aerial view of the stadium. Sure. That, that's great, too. But, man, I got to say, I, the last couple times I've gone to Giants uh, games uh, – Danny was nice enough to hook me up with front row seats. And I was like, uh, do I want to be front row? And then I was like, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Because you get the combo of, first of all, the, the game is pretty fun to watch from that angle. But also, you're obviously right by the sideline. You get to see a lot of what's going on with the team on the sideline. I, I, re I really enjoyed it. But typically, you're like, oh, 50-yard line, you know, 30 rows up is where you want to be. But it, it is pretty fun, and I, yeah. and I understand why people pay for it. Well, speaking of your Giants, did you see this? The Giants are offering season ticket holders for this season the opportunity to skip this year and use those tickets for next year, which I think is a great gesture. Yeah. Um, it, with New York being a hotbed, uh, it, it seems dumb to try to force people to pay, especially if you're going for some sort of socially distant thing you can only let x amount maybe solve the problem yourself of saying like hey 
uh, instead of making people keep their tickets and then having to decide which ones get to come, which ones don't, giving people the option. There's probably a lot of people who are struggling financially with everything that's been going on, just going, yeah, I would love a year pause. Maybe like, let's say 30% of your fans do that. You're already, you've already cut a big chunk out of people that you now have to say can or can't come to the game. Yeah, I think it's smart. And that's what the Chargers had told me as well. If, you know, it, obviously I've already paid for my tickets, but if there's no season. And you're I like, keep, fuck it, let's roll. Well, I, you, you know, obviously if I'm there, I'll go. But if, the, if I can't go to games, I can either take a refund of my season tickets or use those for next season, which, I mean, at this point, we're taking it. I'm taking it day. I'm not even taking it week by week. I'm back to the day by day thing since the recent spikes have happened, right? Yeah. I'm taking it hour by hour, Andy. Oh, you're not even day by day. I'm, I, I, it's, like I said, it's 10 a.m. here. Time isn't even a real thing. I'm just, uh, I'm taking it sip by sip. I feel ya. Well, speaking of sip by sip, Ben Roethlisberger claims he was addicted to booze and porn. And, uh... You would know that if you've ever looked at Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like if your apartment did have Wi-Fi, that Tug Cooker would look like Ben Roethlisberger right now. So he came out uh, at this conference, and he said that, uh, I've been addicted to alcohol. I've been addicted to pornography. You're going to love this which makes me then not the best husband, not the best father, and not the best Christian I can be. Oh, wow. Do that in at the end, huh? Oh, yeah. You have to dedicate yourself and understand that you can get out of it because of the grace of God. So here's what I find interesting, and, and shout out to our boy Robert Latow from Black Sports Online for pointing this out. So, so Ben goes on this huge thing about he wasn't where he wanted to be emotionally and he had these addictions, which whatever. I'm not going to make fun of anybody for that. I'm not going to fault anybody for whether it's an alcohol, drug, sex, porn addiction, whatever it is. But what I'm going to fault Ben for is he's making all these strong statements and he's being revealing. Doesn't even mention nah, the, the two race. times that we know of that he sexually assaulted, raped, whatever it is, people. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I mean – Dude, everything that's going on today, I know we touched on it last episode, but like, it's crazy to think that if you got accused of something and there was heavy evidence of something, but it happened like seven years ago, you are somehow grandfathered in to being like acceptable. Even if, by the way, they find something that you did from before that, as long as you were already accused of it and we already went through this, like Ben Roethlisberger, there is a lot of evidence that he did a lot of bad things, rape, sexual assault, all this stuff, but they brought it up like 10 years ago, so it's fine now. Meanwhile, if somebody, if Ben Roth, if it comes out tomorrow that a different quarterback had text messaged a girl or something, that's it, you're canceled, you're out of football forever. I mean, that's a great point. You said it best last episode, this – weird invisible line and, and these odd timelines they just don't add up and it's crazy if he's going to be so contrite and so honest and i appreciate that from anybody and then just completely ignore 
these other things, it's, it's, you know, take it for what you want it. Like for me, I don't, I don't, it doesn't mean much yeah. to me. I mean, let's, can, can I just, can my thing just be like, I still think Ben Roethlisberger is a piece of shit. Sure. Yeah. You, so you that, can, that's, that's going to be my stance. I mean, when you read again, you know, every couple times a year when, when stand-up comedy, does anybody remember laughter was still a thing. Uh, I would go to Harvey's casino to do those shows in Tahoe that you, when you're there and you, re, you end up like, like, I think one day I was there, I was just like, Hey, I'm going to Wikipedia Harvey's. Cause like, let's learn about the place I'm staying. A couple fun things. Uh, it was once blown up by uh, a bomb. And uh, that's where Ben Roethlisberger, you know, had a concierge come to his room, throw her against the wall and rape her. Yeah. So Ben's things go back to 2009 and 2010. So, so you're right. It's like, those were the two instances from about nine or 10, 11 years ago. And it is, it's this weird line. But he, but he already answered for them so that we don't have to, we don't have to revisit that, but we hadn't talked about Jimmy Fallon doing blackface in 2000. So now he has to apologize. Yeah. Such bullshit. I, I, I can't, it's absurd. I, I can't, that, that's my thing, man. I was actually texting with, uh, and I had some good, I had a good phone call with Goldberg the other day as well. And I, and I told him, I was like, that's my thing, man. Talk about a guy who doesn't want his creepy comedian texts to come out, huh? <laughs> Matty Goldberg. You know what? I, I don't think, I don't think he's got much there. I don't think that's the type of guy uh, he is. I don't know. I don't, I don't think that's the type of guy Goldberg is. Matty has told me the length of his genitalia from the, from his asshole. So, but that's to you. Balls. Again, that's to you just being, uh, that's just him being a funny comedian. Yeah. I do have some sad news for uh, my friends from Detroit, though, continuing our NFL segment, Joe. Okay. The Lions will continue the same family ownership. The Lions. What, what, like, why? I, I'm not sure. So somebody stepped down, but there's never a like, Somebody's going to sell the team or anything, right? No, and that's my joke. And I, as someone being from Cincinnati who has dealt with the Brown family, it's the same situation in Detroit. It's, it's this family-owned team that just wallows in mediocrity slash, you know, poor play year after year. The, the, the Lions, which I had forgotten, the Lions owner, Martha Firestone, by the way, who's 94. 94 is stepping down to give it to her daughter who is 69 Sheila Ford Hamp and I just dude I read some of these quotes and I just how how I feel about the lion like it's embarrassing the lions take a guess the last time the lions won a playoff game a 1990 in the lions time since the Ford family took them over the Ford family, William Clay Ford, obviously from you know, Ford motors took the team over in 1963. In that time frame, the lions have won one playoff game since 1963. Wow. They haven't won a division title since 1993. Wow. I, I didn't know it was this bad. They've won one playoff game since 1963. Free Matthew Stafford. Can we, can we just do this? Can we, like, I, I've solved something. 
Trade Matthew Stafford immediately for Ben Roethlisberger. The, the Steelers get significantly better, if you ask me. And the Lions get a guy who's addicted to porn and booze, who rapes people but refuses to admit it, who can't keep himself looking like a human being. Now that's the face of the Detroit Lions franchise. I will say that that face really does mimic the team. Listen, listen to what the new owner said. He's like, yeah, I live, in, I, I live in Detroit. That's why I look like this. And then people are like, Detroit's coming around. We're really turning this city around. Let me read some of these quotes, Prano. You're gonna, you're, these are just the, – like these are a microcosm of the Lions organization. So the new owner, Sheila Fordham, says this. I'm going to do everything in my power to create a winning organization, especially on the field. The fans deserve it. The city deserves it. I am a very competitive person. I grew up playing competitive tennis. It's an individual sport and me out there by myself, and I hated to lose. I still hate to lose. What? So, so the daughter of a billionaire played tennis growing up, and that's what she's using as motivation for the Lions? I'm speechless. She, no, it gets even worse. When I, I mean, just, you, just imagine their next great player, probably Matthew Stafford, who's like, I'm retiring. And she's like, what? And he's like, I'm retiring. I, like Megatron and Barry Sanders before me, I can't do this anymore. You guys are terrible. It's a terrible organization. Also, I don't want to live in Detroit anymore. Our color scheme is terrible. Uh, our, our franchise history is terrible. The city's terrible. I'm out. I'm not doing this anymore. And she's like, look. I remember when I was down three sets to one in the Ford Motor Com- Company Country Club Championships. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was me against my sister in the championship because my, my great-grandfather had rigged it so. And I thought, I no way I'm going to let Lucy beat me. And uh, it was much like the Williams sisters, except without any color or tennis skill whatsoever. But I overcame. I overcame. And he's like, yeah, I'm still retiring. (laughs) Wait until you hear this quote. She also said this. This is going to be kind of a weird year. So I don't want to say anything about wins and losses. Mm, Okay. I, I think the overachieving thing is what we want to see major improvement and at this point i can't really say what the specific measures are going to be because i don't know what the season is going to be like yet but believe me major improvement is the goal oh okay well that's good so they want to improve the team from a team that's won one playoff game in the last 60 years that's good well i mean you can't can't say she's not saying all the right things but it's not about wins and losses yeah yeah. No, that's exactly what it's about. And your team has one playoff win since 1963, since your family took it over. Okay, so I'm really big into succession right now. I'm, yeah, yeah. I can't believe another, – another Andy's late to the party. Well, I, I was never anti. I just hadn't watched it. I had heard yeah. a lot of good things. So I'm on season two through the first five episodes, just to kind of give you a time frame. Great show. But, like – they're, 
the lions are to me which character are they the equivalent of of the family of of the roy family like mm. i feel like they're a mixture of like kieran calkins crazy weird sex thing that you're like what meets uh meets connor's just stupidity meets kendall's drug addiction I, like, I feel I, I feel like they're mostly kendall's drug addiction they're mostly like they're, kendall's drug addiction i feel like they're mostly kendall's just like it's been handed to them on a silver platter but they fucked it up i mean you're in detroit the the ford motor company buys you or starts running you and like you have everything you need to succeed and you just duff it also there's nothing likable about you guys at all yeah it like it, you know the uh, uh kendall is super wealthy obviously and has been given everything he can't even keep a wife like his wife is Barry Sanders. She's like, I know you're worth like billions, but I got to go. This is, I, I just can't do this. <laughs> I love that analogy. Spot on. Meanwhile, while we're doing succession comps, uh, Giants quarterback Daniel Jones is definitely cousin Greg, right? <laughs> I like it. I like it. I mean, yeah. Good, good show, by the way. I, 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 so don't want you to, I don't want you to reveal anything because I got five more episodes left, I think, of second season. I got, I got myself hooked. I got my brother Brad hooked. How many se- – there's what, three seasons so far? There's two. Two, okay. So I only need five more episodes. And, and now I've compared I've – so, com- ha- so much has happened in two seasons. So much. I've Such compared the children of the Roy family to us, my own family. And I think we, we've deemed it that I'm basically, I'm Macaulay Culkin, or I keep doing it. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm Roman. Yeah, you look like him. Like, I'll have occasionally a good idea, but I got some really weird quirks. I'm always dicking around too much. Who would you be? Would you call yourself Shiv? I already know you're going to say this. Oh, I, I didn't, wasn't even thinking about it. But uh, I don't know. That's a great question. I, I'd have to think on a little more. I, I don't think I'm fucked up enough to be any of them. Yeah. In a way. In a way. Well, Prano, let's talk a little NBA. Now, certain guys are not playing. More people are testing positive, but I thought this was an interesting one for a title contender. Avery Bradley's not going to play. Wild. Wild. Um, he's been a significant contributor, that, contributor this year. Great defender. Um, now, he, and I understand, and actually I, I have mad props to him. So I guess his, his son has health issues. Yeah. And specifically respiratory issues or something like that. And correct. So his son would not be allowed in the bubble and he chose family over the game. And, and obviously mad props to him for that. And that's not an easy choice. Family over the game. So that that's a, but that's a huge, that's a huge piece to take away. And obviously the Lakers have a rotating guard set with him, Rondo Caruso um, but I, I actually think he is a huge loss for them just from a stability, from a veteran standpoint, from a guy who like it, he's not, he's not going to have a huge game ever, but like, j- again, veteran stability, as opposed to uh, like, they're talking about 
obviously the guys who are circling out there, the J.R. Smiths, for example, oh. it's like the complete opposite kind of player. A guy that doesn't defend at all, a guy that gives you no stability, a guy who gives you whatever the opposite of leadership is, a veteran still, but just a guy who's going to come in and fuck it up. Couldn't agree more. And when this news broke and people were instantly saying, J.R. Smith, J.R. Smith, I, I just, I don't know what people see in him. Like yeah. you said, when you're going to go out and get a veteran and add a veteran to your team, you want a veteran, like you said, that's like Avery Bradley, who's going to bring stability, who's going to bring common sense. Let's just, let's just start there. Yeah, exactly. Look, I think J.R. Smith as a person is hilarious. I, I, I think if J.R. Smith's son had respiratory issues, he's not choosing family over the game. Exactly. And look, I have nothing against J.R. Smith. I'm sure he's a fun guy to He's have. like, yo, but I was thinking, I know this is crazy, but hear me out. What if I put my son in a bubble, in the bubble? Like, I watched that movie Bubble Boy, right? Like, my son in a bubble, in a bubble. Double bubble. Like the gum. Without a just shirt. A little, just a little double bubble. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about... We're talking Hold about, on, I got to go. There's a guy standing by my car. We're talking about a guy who didn't know what time it was in the game of an NBA Finals game. Yeah. And this is going to be the replacement of a guy who brings defense, leadership, not, not, not erratic play. And that, that's the thing with J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith can just be erratic. Yeah. I mean, I think what, what the Lakers see in him is obviously he has a relationship with LeBron and he can shoot. I guess a little. And if you're going to surround LeBron with shooters, it's always a thing. And he does have the experience of, play, but like it, it almost, it almost feels like the game tape of his experience deep in playoffs is why you don't want him. there. When was the last time we had a big J.R. Smith game where he was like, well, that was, he was the difference. I, I was literally going to bring that up. I mean, he had some flashes of, Good games. I remember in the 2016 playoffs when the Cavs won. But, again. Four, four years ago. Exactly. Four years ago and also he, he's almost that guy. When JR gets the ball, if I'm a Lakers fan or if I'm, if I'm rooting for the team he's on, he's almost the guy praying where in my head I'm thinking, don't fuck this up. Don't fuck this up. Don't fuck yeah. this up. Right? And then occasionally he'll, he'll bang out a great three, and you'll be like, yeah. yeah. I don't know, though. I, I, think that's a, I think that loss is going to be huge. But I also think guys like Caruso and Rondo are just really going to have to step it up. And I think this NBA season, and you know, in some regards, probably the baseball season and the NHL season and the NFL season, if we're still doing this, is going to be completely shifted by guys who get sick or don't want to play or whatever. Like the, the idea that, you know, you have perfectly crafted salary caps down to the dollar. And then some guy just goes, I'm out. Just replace me with some, somebody from nowhere. Now I understand injuries happen, but this is like a totally different situation. I mean, Avery Bradley isn't sick. No, you're right. And, and to add on to that, I also don't want to take anything away from people who play well and who win. You know, I've seen a lot of talk about that, especially with baseball, 
and even somewhat within with the NBA, right? Like there should be an asterisk next to the NBA champ this year or the World Series champ this year or the or the Major League Baseball's MVP. I think that's bullshit. Look. I yeah, I, I don't think there should be an asterisk. I think there should be a mask asterisk. I think it should just be the emoji with the mask on. We why are we still using asterisks and stars and the little cross thing? We have emojis these days. The emoji with the medical mask next to all the championships for this year. You really did it, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. You really had to go there. I, I mean, I think we should be using emojis way more in, in record books and histor- as historical logs. It, I mean, think about how many emojis there are. Think about how, you know, you can, you can say anything. We can put the little poop one next to the baseball season. 60 games, little poop emoji. A little poop with eyes. Prano, you jumped the shark. This show officially jumped the shark. The, 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 the mask emoji, you jumped it. Okay. You've been spending too much time in the Midwest. <laughs> I'm doing dad jokes? Yeah, you're doing dad jokes. Well, mm. you referenced history, and I, I, I got to bring this thing up. I want to pivot the show a little bit. And he's like, you referenced history, so I got to bring up. These statues should stay. I didn't say that. <laughs> but I, I'm fired up, and I and I talked about this the other day. Something that hits home for me. Now, d- did you talk about it in the episode that was published, or the episode that wasn't published, or not both? I, I don't know, to be honest. That's a great question. Monday is kind of a blur. I know. I I, I remember some good bits. Like it's funny because I got a uh, a couple of really great messages from folks since Monday's show saying how good the episode was. And I didn't want to respond with like, Oh, you should have heard the one you didn't hear. But I I uh, will say, I I agree with you. I think the one that we did that we lost was better. By the way, are you recording this episode now too? as our backup? I'm not, we should have definitely done that. Cause I'm a little concerned because my computer, it's saying the thing is full. I hope it can process this. Should I start recording right now? I don't know if you can, can you? Yeah. it It said request recording permission from host. I think if you go to participants and hit and give me recording privileges. Well, at this point, we're literally almost an hour into the show. Ah, better safe than sorry. We, how did we not think about this before this started? Because we have too much on our mind, Joe. There's, did, did you get that? I, I, I did, and I'm recording now. Okay, so awesome. Worst, worst case scenario, we'll have the second minutes? half of the show. 20, 20 minutes? Yeah. Well... I think I did mention this on the episode Monday that actually was released. The hypocrisy surrounding former Cincinnati Reds owner Marge Schott. So I have seen, I, you told me about it. Uh, and then I've seen some other things. Now, your thing was the, um, like a school was taking down her thing. Is that yes, correct? Correct. So Marge Schott. Former Reds owner. Now, now, is something happening at the Reds stadium too? Are they na- no. name? No. There was, no there, there was no association with Mars Schott for the Reds. Okay. So besides is, the fact that she used to own the team. So this is all at a school. University of Cincinnati's baseball stadium. Okay. The University of Cincinnati's baseball stadium is named after Marge Schott. So Marge Schott in 2006 
she was already dead at this point. Her family foundation had donated $2 million. Zombie Mart shot donated. To $2 million to the University of Cincinnati's baseball stadium, probably for the new stadium. And, you know, it was named after her, which it was actually named Johnny Bench Field before that. So uh, think about Johnny Bench, arguably the best catcher of all time. They changed the name. And this is important to the story that no one's talking about. And we're going to be the only ones talking about this. Johnny Bench, arguably the best catcher of all time. Did he go to the University of Cincinnati? No. Okay. But maybe he made a donation. Right. This is my point about all the hypocrisy. Was changed to being named after the late Reds owner, Mark Schott, right? So they released this statement, the University of Cincinnati president. They say, Mark Schott's record of racism and bigotry stands at stark odds with our university's core commitment, dignity, equality, and inclusion. Now, Marge Schott, for people who don't know, while she was the owner of the Reds, she's like one of the first people to get canceled. And that's what I want to bring up, Joe. But not, but not really, because nothing she was. really. They forced well, her out. They forced her to sell the team? Yeah. Mar- that, was, that was much after the stuff came out, or no? No. She, she continued to say racist, homophobic, anti-Semitic stuff. I mean, she was across the board. Yeah. She, she was like, I'm going to offend every group. She was the machine gun. Bah, 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 bah. She was. So it got to the point in the late 90s where Major League They're Baseball. Like, yeah, we can't do this anymore. They were. They said, we, we, we can't handle this woman. And she was forced to sell the team. And she did uh, in 99. They forced her out, which was a big deal at the time. Because at the time, she was the only female owner of all of Major League Baseball. Now, if that happened, she would definitely be able to keep the team just for the whole misogyny thing. They'd be like, we can't get rid of the only woman. Women have a voice. And even if that voice is super racist and sexist and homophobic, she must stay. Women must have a voice. So this is my problem with the University of Cincinnati. Can we, can we say the dog said it? Can we say it was Shotzi? She was talking <laughs> in, a, in a sort of son of Sam situation that Shotzi was speaking to her because we really can't get rid of her so she had said all this crazy stuff years before she donated the money and 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 that's where i'm angry and again joe keeping the theme of me and you just calling out the hypocrisy and the bullshit marge shot i'm the worst female owner of all time the entire ford family hold our 49 dollar (laughs) beers Let me just read some of these awful March shots. Hold our 1967 NFC Central Division title. These are some of the March shot quotes, by the way, which she said long before she gave that money. It starts off with an anti-woman quote. Some of the biggest problems in this city come from women wanting to leave the home and work. (laughs) Wow. Hot take. Which, by the way, is, is, is the least offensive of these. So, yeah, we're, start, we're starting slow. She's like, women, stay home with your chili bowls and your cinnamon. And this whole city will be doing much better. Her next quote is, sneaky goddamn Jews are all alike. Wow. I don't even, I think we just got canceled. I don't even yeah. think we, can we even quote Mark Schott in the show without getting canceled? 
Her next one, I can't even say all the words. Once again, for listeners of this show, a quote by Marge Schott. This is a quote by Marge Schott. Here's an awful, horribly racist one. Never hire another N-word. I'd rather have a trained monkey working for me than an N-word. Canceled. Again, a quote by Marge Schott. So she said all this stuff. And is, here's a question. Is the University of Cincinnati's baseball field becoming Johnny Bench Stadium again? I don't know. They, it's, a, it's a good are, question. Are, are I don't they know. going? Because it was funny that Schott came in and Bench was moved to the bench. If Bench was renamed the starter, that'd be. I, I agree. Now here's a homophobic one. I, I, I again, really... Once again, a quote by former Reds owner Marge Schott. This is by a the... quote by Marge Schott. This is one I remember opening the newspaper as a kid in middle school, probably 10 years before she donated the money, and seeing this in the headline of the Cincinnati Enquirer being, wow. The headline, I... of course, being a quote by Marge Schott. Which read, only fruits wear earrings. And her last one, which again, I remember as a kid, as a tenure, this puts it in context. Was that, was, a, that, was that like a shot at Eric Davis? Yeah. And her and Eric Davis have a huge history. And yeah. Eric has talked about that. How he's like, she said the most racist things, but she also loved me. Like, like Eric Davis actually re- he released new statements. He's like, it's complicated. Like she scarred me for life, but she also loved me. It was like crazy. Uh, so, I, sounds, sounds like uh, Eric Davis had some Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing, it's, it's a bad situation. We're, what we're referring to, we're going to call it skyline syndrome. By the way, uh, this is the last one, which I remember as a 10-year-old kid. Wow, that's fucked up. But hey, the University of Cincinnati didn't care 10 years later when they accepted the money. Her quote of, everybody knows Hitler was good at the beginning. But again, just- again, again, again. A quote by Marge Schott to everybody. Please continue, Andy. Well, people can edit this out in any way they want, so whatever. Marge Schott said, everybody knows Hitler was good at the beginning, but he just went too far. By the way, I'm, I'm reading something on Marge Schott here in this article, which I didn't know. Schott was born in 1928. She was a third-generation German-American. Multiple of her cousins fought for the Axis powers in World War II. Yeah, Marge Schott was a monster. Wow. So, look, man. My, my point again, she said all these awful things long before. Well, I think you made a great point on the episode last uh, from Monday, which we, which may or may not have made it to air. But if you're going to take, first of all, University of Cincinnati clown shoes for naming their stadium after March shot in the first place. Second of all, if you're going to, take the name down, give the money back. Totally well, look, agree. Her, her foundation actually does not want the money back, which is fine. But then I say to the University of Cincinnati, if you don't want the $2 million back, 
then give the money for programs that help minorities or minority scholarships or you know two million dollars to help inner city baseball you know in those areas or people that she made offensive or comments just, or about. just give it to a local uh ear piercing parlor and uh free ear piercings for everybody <laughs> march shot is paying for two million people to get their ears pierced two million black kids to get their ears pierced yeah if you want your ears pierced it's on march shot <laughs> This is probably the best idea I've heard of all this. And by the way, if you get a small Shotzi earring, they they pay they give you ten bucks. I think you just call it Shotzi's. Yeah, Shotzi's. You know, I I I think you go like go direct to the car. If they don't want the money back, I think you use it to go straight up what she was against. Yeah, I love this. If you're a young black kid in Cincinnati, earrings are on Mars shot. You know, and again, it just hits home, Joe, that it, it didn't take a, what I would deem now a cultural revolution that we're in the midst of. It didn't take that to show how awful she was. I knew how awful Marge Schott was in 1995 as a Reds fan. Yeah, props, it, props to the people of Cincinnati, by the way, for calling her out. Like, I feel like there are a lot of Marge Shots out there and not a lot of them get the press now. Maybe she was just terrible with knowing what a microphone looks like. Uh, but she, they, they canceled her nice and early. And, like, honestly, it's a great example of, like, you know, that like if your players have a problem with you and you're, you're a black eye on the game, it's like I, I'm not saying everybody should be canceled over their words, but, like, Mark Schott's a great example of, hey, look, this person should be canceled over words. <laughs> Yeah. Let's look at each let's look at everything on a case by case basis. Where are we on the uh people using freedom of speech like Colin Kaepernick to the gigantic racist homophobe March shot scale? Sure. No, I agree. Well, we gotta talk the Bubba Wallace thing now that we're discussing some of these issues of race. Bubble bubble Wallace, is that what they're calling the bubble in uh for, for the NBA restart? Bubba yeah. Wallace? Yeah. Oh, you, said, oh, you said Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace. Sorry, I'm, the, ear, the earphones. Andy, I'm, I'm going to unplug my earphones just so I can step to it. You can keep talking in the Bubba Wallace thing, and I'm going to just get a bottle of water here. Okay. Well, the FBI has concluded that he was not a victim of a hate crime. FBI did a investigative report whatever you want to call it. I don't know how the FBI works, but they're claiming he was not a victim of a hate crime in that, that noose or whatever, whatever it was in the garage has been there since 2019. Now I had said on last episode, I wanted to kind of wait and see this play out. I'll be honest. He's doubling down. A lot of people are still saying it's a noose. I, I, I'm in a way just taking a step back. Like, I, I mean, I, 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 after hearing everything and seeing videos of it being up there, I have a very honest and basic stance on it. And I don't think that any of this is controversial. I think you're a clown. If you're a, a person that is comparing this to the Jussie Smollett situation, uh, a, a completely fabricated story that somebody went to the police and made up 
solely basically for press um, because this isn't a completely made up story. And it wasn't by Bubba Wallace who reported it. And yeah, he's doubling down on certain aspects of it. But I'll, I'll just say this, like I said on Twitter the other day, you can't really, like, I, I mean, I made a joke about it, but the, my point is this. Can you really blame a guy who works in Bubba Wallace's crew um, in a moment in time where nooses are going up all over the country in black areas, in black parks, that you show up in your garage and you see something that looks like a noose and you jump to that conclusion? Look. I saw your tweet. I, I don't. I, I don't. I don't want to go as far as saying they're going up all over. I, I. I don't know what to. They are going up all over. I mean, you posted a few news headlines. I posted. A, I and I didn't post a few news headlines. I replied to somebody who said, "Are they really going up everywhere?" With a screenshot of just news plus park in Google. That was not me. Like going like, "Hey, let's pull every example of this." There's multiple parks in New York City where they've been found. Oakland, Philadelphia, like it's happening a lot and with regularity now. So the idea well, that this- well, look, I, I don't know who's planting those. I don't, I don't want to turn into conspiracy theorists, but I will. Um, I, I think right now they want us divided as a as a country. I I, I think a lot of people want us divided, whether that's. People from the left, people from the right, Antifa, cops, white supremacists. And, and I think that's showing in this story. That's why I'm, I'm not going to come with some like heated take because I don't even know what to make of it. But, um, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I'm not even coming with what I, I don't even think this is a heated take. I'm basically saying if this was some sort of garage pull down that looks like a noose, and this guy goes in and the garage is up and it's hanging, the idea of him jumping to a conclusion because of what you just said, because of everybody wanting us to decide, like I, that to me, it doesn't go, oh, the conspiracies, this guy's trying to get press and trying to divide NASCAR and trying to turn Bubba Wallace into some NASCAR hero. Like I'm giving, <laughs> Sorry if I uh, am not – sorry if my natural reaction to pit crew member of a NASCAR team isn't a Rhodes scholar, but he just showed up and was like, that's a noose. This is bad. I'm going to call somebody. Yeah, and I'm not denying it either. I, that's why I'm saying I'm kind of taking – people will say oh, that's kind of a bitch way to handle this. But I, I, I think – my problem now is everybody has to have an opinion and everybody has to have a one side or the other. And, and I'm, I'm just not doing that. You know what I'm saying? I, and, I, and I agree with you, Joe. I, I don't think the comparison to Jesse Smollett is, is, is fair. But I also understand that, like, you know, I, I sent you and Tug a picture of my dad's garage there is a rope hanging noose like thing in his garage. That's how the, that's how it works. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I, I, I'm just, I, I think, I think just all these factors are coming together and people are trigger happy to go one way or the other. 
I'm just and, and, and my point is if Walt decided to sell his house tomorrow and a black family buys it and they're the first black family to move into your neighborhood and a black guy goes in there and sees that and thinks his neighbors that I'm not faulting him in the current time that we're in of jumping to that conclusion. But again, I think, I think a lot of people want us to do that, want to divide us when in reality, I think people, I, I, I give people the benefit of the doubt as, as a whole. And I think we see more eye to eye than the news and social media wants to believe as far as our divisions of race. Does that make sense? I, I think that I, I, there's definitely, I'm not saying that there's not racists out there. I'm not saying that at all, but I think, and I've, and I've, you know, I've stood by this point, I think for, for years now, I think the common person, um, I give the benefit of the doubt, maybe it's naive, judges somebody by the individual character, not the color of their skin. Yeah, I think you, I think it is a little naive. Okay, and that's fine. And, and maybe I'm living in, in my own little bubble. Uh, but I, I just, I got annoyed going on social media because I couldn't look at it because again, it was, it was, I, I see too much doubling down from both sides. Yeah. And I, I, and I agree with you. And that, that's the thing is like to say that this is a hoax is kind of ludicrous. And to say like, we don't care what the FBI says. It is a noose. And they knew two years ago that he was going to be there. And they planned That's just as ludicrous. Exactly. What but what I'm saying is what, what no one's really saying, which is in this given time where, you're, where I agree with you, that people are divided. The idea of making that honest mistake and going in there and being like, hey, man, there's a burning cross in our garage. Uh, I'm going to call somebody and then be like, guys, that's the burning cross garage. Well, that's, that's always better. This is NASCAR. That's the garage four has a burning cross in it. What are we talking about? Look at this video from last year. There was a burning cross there. Like I'm saying to jump to that conclusion, isn't that crazy considering everything that's going on and everything that's going on in NASCAR? Sure. No, I, I like I said, I, I, I can see it from multiple angles. Well, look, dude, you have a flight. We had some dirtball questions, but I'd love to get to them next episode. Let's bang them out. Let's bang Well, them you out. always say this. I kind of, I kind of, you know, you know, like a little tease them. Like, get, get them wanting for some, wanting some more. We're early. We got 12 minutes. Let's go. Shoot them. Joe's like, Ruther is trying to run this, wrap this up. Fuck you. You're not going to I'm, I'm just saying. The one thing I like is that we're we're rolling in dirtball questions kind of slowly. We get two or three a week, and next episode we're gonna have more. Next thing you know, we're Charlie's questions getting thrown to the back burner, or Rob's question, or whoever send it. We got two questions. Let's bang them out. All right, Go. and you and you guys can DM us at the Dirty Sports on Instagram and Twitter for those questions. And right. as you as you know, Andy, as I've always said about this show, my uh, I can be bought and I'm not going to make Greg Feldman who donated money on Venmo at Joe Prano on Venmo at Andy Ruther, Andy dash Ruther on Venmo uh, to have his question answered. Wait another week. Okay. We'll start with Greg then. Greg asked, 
What do you think the Colts record with Phillip Rivers will be? Condoms are for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Um, so, I mean, there's obviously so much up in the air in the NFL, but what I think is I think that uh, the difference between Josie Braccioli and uh, an actual NFL quarterback is the difference between uh, having a great team, which I believe the Colts were, having a great team that you have turned into a loser and having a great team that is turned into a winner. Uh, I think that last year the Colts missed uh, a fantastic opportunity. I don't know how they're I'm not a I'm not following the Colts roster enough to know how it's changed from last year to this year, but I think that the Colts missed a, an opportunity last year to acquire a quarterback um, for that team. And I also think that Phillip Rivers is one year older and one year worse than he was last year. And he didn't look fantastic last year. But I think the difference between having a good quarterback and a bad quarterback on a good roster is the difference between a winning team and a losing team. So I think they go from seven and nine to nine and seven. All right. So the Colts on over under wins uh, as of right now on Odd Shark is nine wins. Boom. Nailed it. Okay. All right. Well, look, that, that'll be the question for the week because I know okay. we're gonna have, I'm going to have more work to do, and, and, and I'm, now I'm paranoid since you've got to fly. Guys, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Dirty Sports. Uh, by the way, I didn't even answer the question. I'm going to put the Colts at nine as well. I'm not going to say over. I'm not going to say under. Uh, follow me at Andy Ruther. And uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. Drop an iTunes review. Drop that Twitter Instagram hand- handle for a follow back. You got anything else, Prano? No. At Fix Your Life on Twitter, at Joe Prano on Instagram. Uh, that's it. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you on Monday. All right, guys. Thank you, Dirtballs, for the support. Get home safely, Prano. I'll be back soon enough. Have a great weekend, Dirtballs. And as always, stay dirty.